1: Good morning. Welcome to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ, 750 AM, 312-255-8408. Father Greg Sakowitz, the rector of Holy Name Cathedral and co-host, Tonight. Mark Teresi, executive director. How are you, Mark? I'm very good. Nice, cool fall day. It's, what a drop in temperature. We've had 85, 88, 90, and the wind shifted. It really, it's like a refrigerator out there with how the wind blowing from the north. How about those Cubs, half a game out? The Cubs are really playing good they baseball. And the White Sox were holding their own. Are they a game away. and a half ahead? They're Still? a game and a half ahead of Cleveland. Mm-hmm. They gave away yesterday's game against the Cardinals. They took two out of three, which is good. But the Cubs are playing great ball. And they've got some key injuries. Right, three of them. They're the guys that have been out, and uh, they keep winning. And you know, half a game out, if you would have told me by the end of May... Cubs would be a half a game out of first. I would not have believed you. So what? What's the capacity now? For I, Wrigley Field, about twenty six thousand. For the White Sox, about twenty four thousand, based on sixty percent, give or take a little bit. And what so, are they drawing? Uh, Sox yesterday had about fifteen thousand. The night before, seventeen thousand. And the Cubs will they'll put they'll put in their twenty five thousand. But they're saying hopefully after by July fourth, hit capacity of a hundred percent. If things if the positivity rate keeps going down or stays the same, maybe 100% after July 4th. Wow, good. So we have a great program lined up, 312-255-8408. We are live streaming, and Mark and I are social distancing. No need for masks because we have both been vaccinated, two shots. And uh, so, again, give us a call. But wonderful program, the 45th Annual Summer Scripture Conference. At University of Seymour of the Lake Mundelein Seminary from June 20th to the 25th. The theme is Faith and Science this year, and our guests will be Michelle Schaefer and Dr. Linda Corey. Michelle and Linda, welcome to the program this morning. How are you?
2: Doing great. Good morning. Thanks for having
1: us. Good morning. Well, great to have both of you. And uh, Michelle, is this now your first year as the director of the program?
2: Um, yeah, I'm co-directing with Linda this year. Oh, you're co-directing, okay. Uh, yes, yeah. Um, but I've been attending this uh, Summer Scripture Seminar for, oh my goodness, well, since 2007. So I've had some uh, fabulous years of going, so it's kind of exciting to uh, help, um, you know, set the stage for everybody.
1: And hey, now, what is your background, Michelle? you from Chicago?
2: Um, actually, born and raised in California.
1: California? Mm. What part of California?
2: Uh, Orange County, right by Disneyland, Anaheim.
1: Oh, sure. Sure, my gosh. Yeah, so. yeah. What brought you here?
2: Uh, my, my wonderful husband uh, of 40 years. We, we've, we've lived in six different states, so we've landed here in, in the Chicagoland area for the last 20 years. Now, this is so, a side
3: uh, note your wonderful husband of 40 years, my wife and I are celebrating 40 this year. Didn't it go uh, fast?
2: Oh, my gosh, don't blink. I know.
3: (laughs) Don't blink. (laughs) (laughs) I
2: know. That's always a good thing, right, when it goes fast? I think (laughs) so,
1: yes. Maybe it didn't go as fast for my wife as it did for (laughs) me. (laughs) 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 for you. Linda, what is your background? Where are you from?
4: Uh, I grew up in Northbrook, went to Regina Dominican High School, uh, you know, graduate of Champaign-Urbana, and just kind of grew up in this area, always been around here.
1: The thing is, uh, in fact, I was born and raised in Park Ridge. So if you were a Jean, I was at Notre Dame uh, College Yeah, prep. exactly.
4: Right, 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 right. And so which means as a,
1: as a girl, you would have belonged to uh, St. Norbert's Parish?
4: You know what? I was actually at St. Philip's because we were oh, right sure. on the border of Northbrook sure. and Oh, so sure. Back yeah. in the days of Father Dorney and yes. Father
5: Sautis was actually there, too. Yeah, so. Dick Sautis,
1: who just passed away. God, yeah. God rest his soul. Yeah. And in fact, my mother yeah. used to live on the corner of uh, Willow and Old Willow. Just a bit south of Saint Philip Neri or Saint Philip the Apostle. Yep, exactly. Not too far from you. So, can either one of you give us a little history of the summer Scripture Conference? So, forty-five years means it goes back to about what, nineteen seventy-six?
4: I think it actually is nineteen seventy-four, and. If I have the history correct, there used to be at the University of St. Mary the Lake or Mundelein Seminary, uh, the Center of Ministry Development, which was started by Um, Monsignor Pris, and they began this, and it was called the Summer Scripture Series, and as we start to put together and anticipate our 50th anniversary, we've been really looking um, through the history of it, and we've had many, many, many really renowned biblical scholars. Raymond Brown came, and, and you know, the list goes on and on and on. So it's been at the university, and people—it's very interesting. People have been coming consistently. They see it as a time to get together on our beautiful campus, and people who love Scripture and love the Lord, uh, people from different faiths, you know, uh, Christian backgrounds as well. But mostly, I would say it's mostly people of, of the Catholic faith. And they come for the week, and they, they've almost formed a, a family mm-hmm. of people that have come. But we've continually sort of fed the feeder with new people and new generations coming in over these 50 years.
1: I know there's been people coming to the conference for at least 30 consecutive years. Yes. It's been an unbelievable yes. run for some people. Now, it's interesting. Uh, the title of the conference, Let There Be Light, Science, and the Word, an Eternal Relationship. How did this title come about? That's a fascinating title.
4: You know, it was um, in the midst of a conversation with some of the Bible scholars at the university, and we were talking about science and faith, and there's a lot of dialogue and a lot of um, material out there about the relationship between science and faith, but we were cogitating upon, you know, what exactly is the relationship between science and the Scripture? And in the middle of this fascinating conversation we had, you're like, it's, it's always been there. And oftentimes, people end up separating in their minds Scripture as if it's some sort of antiquated uh, text. But really seeing the way that our, our minds and our hearts work together through Scripture and through the Word of God, and since God, you know, created the world and created all of the sciences, therefore, and our ways of apprehending this world that He created and as we came up with this title, we just realized that there's an eternal relationship between the Word of God and the Let There Be Light, you know, as reflecting on Genesis right there from the beginning of all creation, whether you see it as being, you know, the Big Bang or however we understand it as happening from the moment that there was light. There's been an eternal relationship between the Logos, the Word, mm-hmm.
3: and and us. Well, let's do this. Let's take a little break. WNDZ 750 AM Catholic Chicago three one two two five five eight four zero eight and we're sp- speaking about a summer scripture series. Let there be light, science, and word, and eternal relationship at one of my favorite places in the world, the University of Saint Mary of the Lake, where I spent
1: 15 years of my life. You have a nice you have well, a nice tie on today. Is that is oh, that rented? You. Yeah, thank you. Most <laughs> most of my classmates,
3: <laughs> most of <them. laughs> Didn't my those classmates ties were, those ties were coming uh, back. who were at Mundelein spent like four or five years. I spent 15 there. Um, <laughs> it's, a, it's a beautiful campus. Uh, we'll talk a little more about that, but also when we come back, Linda, maybe if we, you could cover um, some of the speakers that we'll, that you'll be featuring, one of them particularly, the name pops out, one of my favorite people in the world, Father John Carci, the rector over at Mundelein. We'll be back in a few minutes. Please stay tuned. Okay.
6: our veterans have served our country and it is our privilege to serve them. To learn more about Catholic Charities Veterans Services and the Veterans Computer Project, call 847-782-4219. That's
7: 847-782-4219. Hello, I'm Cardinal Supich. I got my COVID-19 vaccination and you should too. It took just a few seconds and was painless. The Food and Drug Administration determined the new vaccines are safe and effective. And the Holy See, as well as the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops has concluded getting the COVID-19 vaccine is an act of love of our neighbor and part of our moral responsibility for the common good we have lived with a pandemic for many months, and I know we're all getting tired of it. Vaccination is one of the most important ways you can protect your health and the lives of those you love and help bring the pandemic under control. When it is your turn, I urge you to be vaccinated. And remember to do your part by wearing a mask, washing your hands and watching your distance. Thank you and God bless you all.
3: WNDZ, 7.50 a.m., Catholic Chicago, 312-255-8408. We're talking about the Summer Scripture Series at the University of St. Mary of the Lake Mundelein Seminary. Let There Be Light, Science in the Word, an Eternal Relationship. Dr. Linda Corey, before before um, Father Greg's going to ask you some specific questions about uh, the series, I'm curious, and maybe our listeners are You know, with COVID, I know the campus was closed. What's the status right now at Moonlight? Can people come out and visit that beautiful campus or at limited hours or where are you with it?
4: So right now, um, people can come and visit. Our official hours are from noon until 5, although I believe it will be opening up more. But the campus is absolutely beautiful, and we love having visitors to walk our beautiful campus a lot of um, beautiful improvements have happened. We, our Stations of the Cross and the Grotto, and just now walking around the lake, um, it's just a walking path so that there's no cars. So it's quite meditative, and we've even cut some trails through the through the woods there. And um, just hearing the, the the chiming of the bells and walking out onto the lake, it, it's been beautiful. So we were, you know, we were keeping ourselves safe for a while, mm-hmm. but now. You know, the entrance on 45 is open. We still have to keep the front gate closed for, for other reasons. Oh, so the gate on
1: 176 is closed.
4: Right, it is. And uh, But we, you pull around to 45 and you pull in, and that's for other maintenance reasons at this point.
1: You'll like this story, and that is uh, a year ago, it was May 9th, 2020, which would have been my um, 41st anniversary of the priesthood, I drove up to Mundelein Seminary just to walk the grounds, go to the chapel, and you know, pray and meditate and give thanks to God. I go to the front gate on 176. The gate was locked, and it broke my heart. This is this was in the height of COVID mm-hmm. a year ago, mm-hmm. and I went mm-hmm. around to, to uh, 45, and the gate was locked. And I couldn't get in. I was going to just park the car and walk in and thought, well, I'm not going to do that. But uh, so I'm delighted to hear that you can get in because, you know, Linda and Michelle, you are right. It's beautiful grounds, the bells ringing, the trees in full blossom now, the beautiful lake, and just to take that walk. and, and f- Greg wanted to tamper with his transcripts there. He barely got out of that place. <laughs> <laughs> Changed my grades. <laughs> oh, you were so funny today, Mark. Yeah, I know. Oh, thank my you. gosh. Holy mackerel. Hope you're, Here we go. Hope Let's... you're happy with yourself. <laughs> and, uh, you know, let, let, let maybe for a moment, could you cover some of our speakers, maybe Father Robert Spitzer, Father John Karchi, Father John Lodge, and Dr. Steve Smith?
4: And yeah, what sure. And what other,
1: do t- you know their topics, too?
4: I do. I do. So, um... Diana Bernanke, who is the one that secured Father Spitzer, of course many people know him from EWTN, um, Father Spitzer's Universe. And he is he's a philosopher by training, but as many know, he's quite an erudite. He covers many, many, many topics and brings them together in a beautiful systematic fashion. So his um, particular lectures are Recent Developments in Cosmology and How They Relate to Creation, an Intelligent God, and Scripture. He has one on Evolution, Scripture, and Theology... And then one that I find very fascinating is the scientific investigation of the Shroud of Turin and near-death experiences.
8: Mm, mm. So he's, he's,
4: for those of you who listen to him, he's absolutely fabulous. And he'll be coming, um, he's in the beginning part of the conference. And then we have Dr. Stacey Tranzakos. She has appeared on Word on Fire. She's actually a chemist by training. And uh, she's going to be doing some lectures. One is called All Things by Measure, Number and Weight. One is Genesis, St. John, and the Birth of Modern Science. And then um, completing the scientific revolution by coming back to the biblical worldview of creation. So it's always very interesting to hear this from, um, from a scientist. And as I said, she's been on Bishop Barron's Word on Fire. And then later on in this show, you're going to be speaking with Dr. Tina Ray. Now, she is, um, has an archaeological background. And when you'll be talking to her, you'll be talking to her about some of her lectures. So I'll go ahead and let her describe mm-hmm, those.
8: Mm-hmm.
4: We have Dr. Craig Keener. Now he was quite um, a fabulous person to be able to get, and he one of his main ways that um, he speaks about and that he's quite famous for are his discussion of miracles. So his um, no, that'd be lecture, fascinating. What's that?
1: That'd be fascinating.
4: Oh, it is fascinating, and so he does a thing on the plausibility of miracles the New Testament, um, and reports of raising and natural miracles. So he's later on in the week, kind of in the Thursday section. And then, of course, there's our own homegrown Father John Karchi, astrophysicist from the
1: mm-hmm. University now, I, of Chicago. I have Chicago. to share this. When we had John on a couple of years ago as a guest, and yeah, he gave the title he, of his doctoral dissertation, University of Chicago, I couldn't even pronounce it. I yeah. know. <laughs> <laughs> Let alone describe it. I'm I'm serious. I saw the title. I said, John, you have got to be kidding me. The guy is brilliant. He, the, he he's just just kind down to earth, tremendous priest. But his his knowledge. So so what's the uh, what's uh, Father Karchi talking about?
4: Well, he's doing he's doing one called the Lab of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob: Perspectives <laughs> on Engaging Mystery from the Patriarchs, Prophets, and Also Physicists. Um, and then his second one is a new heaven, a new earth, and new quantum gravity lessons from Paul and John for all curious explorers.
1: That's amazing. Yeah. Well, yeah. It, it sounds like um, a fascinating week lined up,
3: right? And we were talking on break. I remember years ago I was at St. Paul of the Cross and St. Zachary's. The summer scripture series was something pastoral staff members really looked forward to. It's mm-hmm. it, it, it renewed their spirit. I think. Um, after a long year in parish ministry, it was a wonderful way
1: to, to renew um, their spiritual life. And people have an option both to stay for the week or to commute daily, so we can talk more about that program later. Right. Mark, take us to break.
3: Yeah. We're going to take a little break. WNDZ, 750 a.m. on your dial, Catholic Chicago, 312 255 8408. When we come back, we'll hear some more about the fascinating program, Let There Be Light. Science and the Word, an Eternal Relationship, the summer scripture series at the University of St. Mary of the Lake-Mundelein Seminary. Be back in a few minutes.
9: Adults make all the difference in the lives of adolescents. Catholic Charities understands this and our mentorship program provides a free opportunity for youth living in Lake County to spend time, virtually, with volunteers who genuinely care about them. This program is ideal for youths age nine to 12 who may need support navigating the challenges of childhood and early adolescence. Our amazing volunteers serve as friends and role models who help youth recognize their strengths and empower them to reach their full potential. Catholic Charities conducts a thorough background check on every volunteer, and our program coordinator closely monitors and supports each relationship. Mentoring is a fun after-school program that is totally different from remote learning. Virtual group sessions help youth enjoy fun activities with their peers too. We're connecting youth with great role models. Join us today. To learn more, call 312-937-3375. That's 312-937-3375. 937 3375.
3: Hey, it's Timothy Johnston here from Liturgy Training Publications. Over the past few months, I'm sure you've found yourself at home more, whether it's working from home or watching live stream masses on Sunday mornings. As we began adjusting to this at the beginning of the pandemic, one of the things I missed the most was gathering with friends at the parish. That's why we at LTP have created this new virtual gathering series called Living the Sunday Word. We meet virtually on Thursday evenings each week and reflect on the upcoming Sunday readings. And with that, we share stories to help us more fully reflect on the Word of God. I'm inviting each of you to join us, a group of friends meeting virtually from all parts of the country. So visit ltp.org for more information and to register. You won't want to miss this. We're back, Catholic Chicago, WNDZ, seven fifty AM on your dial three one two two five five eight four zero eight.
1: You're We're in a good mood today, Mark. <laughs> It's so different. <laughs> <laughs>
3: oh. oh, you know, Linda
1: and Michelle, Mark, and I go back almost fifty years. We're great friends, so yeah, uh, we, 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 we give uh, each other <laughs> hard, we, we give each other hard time every, every That's day. That's what friends are for, right? Yes. Plus, we <laughs> work together, so you gotta laugh. Never a dull moment. You gotta laugh.
3: And and. and um, so I don't know what the segue would be other than uh, <laughs> other than Michelle. Um, yes. Could you maybe share, you know, one of the names that pops up for Greg and I is Joe Papraki. We've known him oh, for yeah. years, his brother. Absolutely. Ta- the Bishop. And uh, I know he did also a book on liturgy with Father Dom Grassi. So he's been around. Uh, can you fill us in a little bit about Joe?
2: Yes. Um, he's, uh, he's a national consultant for Faith Formation. Uh, he works at Loyola Press. You know he's a good friend of ours at the institute. He comes in and does a lot of um, formation days for us. Of course, he's got some uh, 40 years of experience in ministry and has some has written a lot of books that we all use. Uh, a lot of uh, parishes out there use "Finding God: Our Response to God's Gifts," which uh, Joe's a big part of. Uh, he does a lot of a lot of catechetical leadership training. Um, he goes out to national conferences. Um, the one in L.A., uh, Mid-Atlantic con- Congress. So he's really well-known throughout. So we're really thrilled to have him this year. Um, Joe's going to be speaking on, let's see, he's talking.
3: He's a Chicago native. Oh, sure,
2: oh,
1: yeah, uh, he's one
2: of your, your, our guys here. Yeah, because <laughs> Joe
1: is, uh, and both, uh, Joe is a Quigley, and then Tom is, of course, the bishop, and he was the year ahead of me in ordination. I think, did Joe go to Quigley South? Uh, I think they were both at Quigley South is correct. Yeah. You know, maybe for just for a moment uh, for Linda, and that is uh, tell us about COVID restrictions in terms of if someone would like to join the Week Scripture, can they do it online?
4: Yeah, that's actually one of the, you know, as as we've all gone through COVID, we've seen that it's been a, a mixed bag. Some blessings came from it. And one thing that it did was it produced the ability for us to do a great version of this online for people. So there's an option now where you could watch any of it online. And also it's being live streamed, but it'll also be recorded. So you'd get a link so you could watch it later. So that's one of the options. And you can either sign up to watch just one of the speakers or you can sign up for the whole series.
1: And then maybe since we have it we on the topic is if someone would like to join register how do they do it Linda
4: So you go straight to the usml.edu it's really simple usml.edu and right there you can say right on the front page it'll say summer scripture click for more information and you can just register from there Now, what There's if someone
1: wanted to give a phone call do you have a phone number
4: A phone number you can call 847 um 847 847-
2: 9774550.
1: One more time, one more time.
2: 847 8374550. 8478374550. And what is the
1: cost for the week by the way?
2: For the so full long. conference in person, it's $925. That's uh, your meals, that socials that in the evening, which is one of the favorites of a lot of us. <laughs> we get to mm-hmm. come together and talk about the day and and go over all our notes together. Um, and and then, if you want to go favorites. come as a commuter, it's five hundred and twenty-five dollars. So you you get to come on campus and and be with us. Um, and then, if you want to go online, um, which I'll t- I'll let Linda, she knows more about that. Um, but uh, that, those are the costs of the in person. 925 in person for a full conference, stay the night, have the meals with us, and then 525 for it as a commuter.
1: Hey, what, you would you want to add something to that, Linda?
4: I did just that. Um, one of the beautiful opportunities about coming onto campus is we also have morning prayer, evening prayer, nice. and mass every day. And on Thursday, we're going to have mass in the grotto outside. Oh, wow. Beautiful. beautiful. grotto set up there. You, you both know it. You, you oh, there. It's
1: gorgeous. So that's
4: one of the other exciting things is our opportunity to really pray together and come together as a community in Christ.
3: Now, a little side note on the grotto. Um, <clears throat> Notre Dame High School did a grotto. Um, Over on my, my alma mater, class 71. Right. And when we were redoing the grotto, we went to the gentleman that did the grotto at the high school, and he came in and did all the tuck pointing uh almost pro bono. He did a beautiful, and and it's beautiful now with the setting. People are outside. It, it's a stunning place for prayer. So I'm glad you're using it that way.
4: Oh, yeah, and we have the they redid all the stations of the cross yep. right around the grotto. It's beautiful.
3: And Mr. Mr. Bill Macasey did that path that you were talking about, that walking path that goes down right to the mall area it's a stunning stunning you know, Mundaline seminary for prayer. If,
1: if folks if you've not been there to the university seminary of the lake in mondalay right off of 176 or 45 there this summer make it a point to visit it's a gorgeous grounds very prayerful the campus opened up back in 1926 in the fall the first group entered and they were ordained no take it back 1921 first class ordained was september of 26 part of the class of 27 Mark, take us to break. We're a little history there. Thank you very much. <laughs> you don't. You don't mean that. <laughs> I don't.
3: But anyway, <laughs> uh, WNDZ w- seven fifty AM on your dial, Catholic Chicago, three one two two five five eight four zero eight. I think at this point we're saying goodbye to Dr. Linda Corey and thanking you, you for being a part of our show this morning. And when we come back. Um, Uh, Dr. Tina Ray will be joining us, along with Michelle. Will stay on uh, for the remainder of our program. So, thank you, Linda. Thank you very much. Say hi to everybody up at Mundelein. What a great place. God bless. All right, thanks. Don't go away, Michelle.
2: Okay.
6: Catholic Charities Schreiber Center for Human Services is now open in Round Lake. Due to the pandemic, we are limited in the number of in-person programs that we currently can provide. However, a food pantry is open twice a week and a Wednesday night supper is held with to-go meals every week. A wide range of senior services are now offered as well. If we can assist you or someone you know, please call us at 847-546-5733. That's 847 847- Before, during, and after COVID-19, Catholic Charities is here for you.
0: You're listening to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ 750 AM. Every Monday through Friday from 8 AM to 9 AM, the Archdiocese of Chicago presents programming about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Thanks for letting us be part of your morning. Now again, Catholic Chicago.
3: We're back. WNDZ 750 AM Catholic Chicago. 255 8408. We're talking about Let There Be Light, Science in the Word, and Eternal Relationship, the Summer Scripture Series at the University of St. Mary of the Lake, Bundlein Seminary. We're going to be continuing our, our a conversation with Michelle Schaefer and and Dr. Tina Ray now is joining us. Welcome, Dr. Ray. Dr. Tina. Hi. And uh, you. Welcome to Catholic Chicago, and maybe could you just give folks a little bit of background on how you're connected to this, maybe just a little of your personal background, too?
5: Sure. Well, I'm a uh, professor at Southern Virginia University in Newport, Rhode Island, which is a—oh, well, we're growing. I used to say a small Catholic uh, university, but um, we're we're growing. Um, Despite COVID, we have— you know, a very large population coming in, and our graduate program is ever-expanding. I'm former department chair. Um, I stepped down um, about two years ago as chair of the department, and I write books um, that connect archaeology with scripture. And I became interested in this um, actually around 2005. Is How did that I happen, started.
1: Tina, um, that interest. Well,
5: around uh, around. 2005, I mean, I've always been interested in this, but in 2005, I visited this site that um, is now Now we know it belongs to Mary Magdalene, and um, but nothing had been done to excavate the site. And I remember thinking, um, wow, this is one of the most important women in Christianity. Why has nothing been done to the site? And since that time, Magdala has been highly excavated. We've learned a lot about Mary Magdalene, who she was. Um, it's under the auspices of the Legionnaires of Christ, and um, we've uncovered a synagogue from the first century, one of only seven uh, discovered from the time of Jesus, and many, many other artifacts that I can talk about. But that's really, I mean, I've been digging for a long time. On
1: a personal note, what is the greatest (laughs) find you have personally found with your archaeological digs?
5: Oh my goodness. Uh, well, I've been associated with um, two major digs. One, Mount Zion, which is in the old city of Jerusalem. And we found many things at that excavation. But it was um, a place called, um, and we call it the Suba Cave, but it's on a kibbutz, kibbutz Zuba. And it's near John the Baptist's home, um, which is in Ein Karam. And it's a cave. And this is probably the most exciting discovery. Um, we, you know, excavated the cave and found um, these boss relief on the side of the cave of a man holding a head. The head was kind of free-floating.
8: Wow, floating. Oh, wow. Yeah, mm-hmm.
5: and yeah. in wow. addition to that, there was a stone, and we didn't really understand, what is a stone? It was at the entrance, and somebody got the idea. One of the men put his foot in it. It turns out it's a size 13, foot, you know, male foot. Oh, and, wow. um And we found when we started digging around it, all of these little flasks that had been, uh, that it contained oil, and you can see 14 them, carbon 14 date them if they um, have something living inside it, which oils come from, the oil was olive oil, so anyway, we dated it from the time of John the Baptist, so mm. amazing. Um, they, were, they were they were practicing very early on some sort of foot anointing, and in the very back of the cave, was basically a baptismal font. It, it was uh, like a gigantic bathtub, if you can imagine that. So they did whole-body immersion, and it indicates that they did it in secret um, because they were being persecuted. Um, That's amazing. It really is amazing. And then if you dig a little further, we found evidence of later occupation. So the early Christians were going to this cave from Jerusalem, uh, which is you know probably 70 miles away, They were going to Jerusalem, uh, from Jerusalem to this cave, and bringing uh, foodstuffs because we found pottery. Of course, they didn't have plastic plates back then, so they Mm. left pieces (laughs) of their pottery. And Jerusalem pottery is very distinctive. It's got kind of a blue hue to it. And we're like, wow. And then there was evidence of later people, um, you know, later Christians, hermits, um, dwelling in this cave, perhaps on some sort of retreat. But it was extraordinarily exciting. I'm still very excited about it. They're still excavating it. And all the published reports will probably come out this year.
3: Now, Dr. Tina, you, you, can, that is hear, amazing. you can hear the passion. In your voice. In, in, <laughs> in, in your voice. And this, this is a connect. And a, it may not sound like it right away. but So we have twin granddaughters who are four years old. And Maddie, since she was three years old, had, has this wonderful little box. And she collects rocks. It's her oh. thing. It's her thing. She collects rocks, and it made made me think of your passion thing. Where did it come from? When did when did you uh, first start to be interested? Because this is such a particular area uh, of interest. It,
5: it really is, and uh, it's funny when you were describing your granddaughter. That's what I. My brother used to call me the rock girl. Oh, really? Isn't that <laughs> something? Yes, the <laughs> rock girl. I, I, I wow. saw somewhere, probably a cartoon, somebody digging to China. So I had this enormous hole in my backyard. I was probably about seven, I guess. And I was keeping it secret because I knew I'd get in trouble by my parents digging in my backyard. But I found <laughs> little pieces of pottery that I was I remember once I buried Chinese. my brother. <laughs> yeah. But I was going to dig to China. I was really going to do that.
3: I but, have to. Inter-
1: um, I have to introduce you to Maddie, boy. She's, I mean your little Maddie could be another Dr. Tina Ray in maybe uh, well, years from now. It, so it you really know, was it at an early sense. age. At an early yeah, age. it
5: really was at an early age, and um, you know, then I became a biblical scholar and started studying. You know, ancient, mostly. Um, yeah, really, I wasn't really digging too much at the beginning because I had three small children at home, and everything that I want to do is in the Middle East and kind of dangerous. So. I waited until they got a little bit older and then started actually going over there, and there was nothing like it. Um, to see the scriptures that I teach in my classroom suddenly come to life. Yes, yes. And, and I, I, I do get a little excited. Like, walk where Jesus walked, mm-hmm. that's no joke. You do that once in your life, and it you are forever you. transformed.
1: I hear It's interesting because, mm-hmm. uh, just on a real sidebar, I've always been fascinated when you see someone walking along the lake or a beach area with one of those metal detectors, Looking for coins or looking mm-hmm. for different digs, which is nothing compared to what you do, but there's that that fascinating human dimension about digging, about finding, about discovery.
3: And your children were fortunate because if they're digging in the backyard, you're not going to reprimand them, correct? Oh <laughs> Just no, exactly, my,
5: if, if, yeah, dig up the garden, <laughs> dig, right? If my children were. Uh you know, clean at the end of the day, not covered in dirt. It was a bad day. Oh,
1: that's, I love it.
3: Mark, on that note, take us to break. I would take a little break. WNDZ 750 AM Catholic Chicago, 312-255-8408. When we come back, Michelle and Dr. Sino will continue to talk about the Scripture series coming up, Let There Be Light, Science and the Word, an Eternal Relationship. It just sounds like it's going to be a fascinating, fascinating, yeah. fascinating um, series. We'll be back in a few minutes. Please stay tuned.
6: Charity's After Supper Visions program helps guests of our Tuesday night supper program develop their skills as photographers. Unique talent has been discovered as the artists capture Chicago's world-class landmarks and natural settings in new and beautiful ways. On Friday, June 4th at 5 p.m., After Supper Visions will host a free virtual 30-minute program to celebrate all of the artists' achievements. Hear from the artists and see the striking photos that rival those of any art gallery in Chicago. Join us. To RSVP, call 312-655-7932. That's 312-655-7932. Or visit aftersuppervisions.com At After Supper Visions, we're developing film, talent, and hope.
10: The word made clear is exactly what its name implies. It's an easy-to-understand explanation of the Word of God, the Gospel. Hello, I'm Father James McElhone, Director of Biblical Formation for the Archdiocese of Chicago. I'd like to invite you to take our free online Bible study program by going to thewordmadeclear.org. Our website offers an audio-based guide to the Gospels of Mark, Matthew, Luke, and John. Listen to my lectures and follow along with the handouts provided. There are even discussion guides. You can also explore the biblical roots of the Mass. And there are links to a wide variety of biblical sources that will benefit both teachers and students of the sacred scriptures. Just go to wordmadeclear.org to experience our free online Bible study program. Again, it's free at wordmadeclear.org. It's the Word of God. Enjoy.
3: Back, Catholic Chicago, WNDZ 750M on your dial, 312 255 8408. And I'm going to throw it to Father Greg. If he has a question.
1: Continuing with Tina before we get back to Michelle, uh, I know one of your uh, topics, Tina, you plan to discuss the five most significant archaeological finds from the Bible. We want you to give it away, your whole talk, but can you maybe discuss one of these discoveries with us?
5: Uh, But, you know, I was thinking about it last night. I was thinking, what what can I talk about that? Because I love everything that we've discovered. (laughs) Oh, it's fascinating. And I I consider them all significant. However, today I'm actually um, in a conference with the Biblical Archaeology Society, and I'm I'm delivering a lecture today on the wife of Pilate. And um, in conducting my research about her, of course, I had to learn more about Pontius Pilate. And I was really surprised um, among my colleagues, and I've known this for years, that a lot of them do not even believe that Pontius Pilate existed. I always have maintained that he has, because we have external documents, Roman documents that support that he did. And now we have, you know, an artifact, it's called the Pilate Stone, um, that proves that he uh, existed, has his name on it. And it gives us his official title, because, you know, uh, the Jewish historian calls him, a, a procurator, and the scriptures call him governor. So, which was it? And mm-hmm. it turns out they're both wrong. He was called prefect. And um, so, we find this inscription. It was for a building for the emperor Tiberius. And we no longer have the building, but the stone that was used in the building was later repurposed in an amphitheater built by Herod the Great mm. and repurposed again in about the fourth century as um, part of a staircase leading up to the theater and so it was only recently discovered and they they flipped it over and uh the archaeological archaeological team that discovered it nearly passed out they couldn't believe it that's that's amazing it it is it is amazing to have something in scripture that's always been questioned and you know scholars argue about and then to have to go to my students and and say look well you skeptics among you here we go here's the pilot stone so there have been many many things but you know i'm trying to keep really the the really good juicy stuff for the conference
1: exactly (laughs) don't give it away
3: (laughs) and maybe michelle uh why don't you give people specifics again in terms of how to get connected and then maybe michelle maybe something we haven't asked you yet that really you want to share with our listeners
2: sure sure thank you um so you just go to our usml.edu site um, go over to events and it'll come right up summer scripture and you can register there it's got all of the speakers listed with all of their talks one of them i would like to talk about is our our own father john lodge who is um, at our at usml he's going to talk a, do a an afternoon talk on tuesday afternoon about cs lewis the space trilogy in the scriptures. Interesting. He's a big, wow. C. S. Lewis uh, fan. Um, I know Linda has just finished listening to it uh, on audiobooks, and I've I've started it, and it's just fascinating. And 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 he's just really excited about doing this. It's just a one hour lecture, but he's it's all consuming for him. <laughs> if you know Father Lodge, oh, he's sure. wonderful
8: oh um, sure but yeah, John's a tremendous priest thing.
3: now can I ask this um, especially for our listeners that are you know they're fascinated with what they're hearing so mm-hmm. from my perspective I mean I've studied I don't have a huge scripture background you know mm-hmm. if someone's thinking well you know maybe I don't know enough to really get something out of this it well, might be a bit intimidated yeah that's yeah. the word intimidated mm-hmm. what, what would you say to them
2: I would say come. Come Mm -hmm. and see. I would say come and see because, uh, in fact, that happened in the last one that we had, uh, 2019. Um, Megan Dykel was running the program at Mm -hmm. that time, and I remember she came up to me and she said one of our participants was feeling like they don't belong because they're not a scholar. And she kept saying, just stay, just stay. And by the end of the week, she was so grateful that she stayed. Everybody was very welcoming. The questions that people ask at the end of, uh, to the presenters are very, very good um, and they, they break it open because you know if one person doesn't understand it, it's more than likely a few other people don't either. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if you're, if you're a longtime scholar or just beginning, we invite you to come and see and stay and just kind of soak up just the um, atmosphere of, of scripture.
1: And see, I and, think you hit it and, right in the head, you know, Michelle. Thank
2: God does his thing. Right. Yeah, it's, and that so is
1: you don't have to be a Bible scholar to appreciate cool. it. You can be a novice. And I also like your point you made, Michelle. When someone asks a question, it's usually on the minds of other people, too. People say, right. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not going to ask that question. I feel so dumb. No, because other people are thinking the same thing. Before we mm-hmm. go to break, mm-hmm. uh, you know, maybe for a moment, um, Tina, and that is talk about biblical cities then and now. Maybe talk about a biblical city that uh, is that is still alive and doing well today in Israel, because in all the digs you're doing, all your research, that must be fascinating regarding cities then and now.
5: Well, I think probably the city that I'm actually, I'm actually very concerned about the city. I've done a lot of uh, um, work in Bethlehem, and I I know people who live in Bethlehem. And since COVID, uh, they've got. Um, I was trying to look up the statistics because I looked them up this winter, and they were pretty grim. Um, more than 42% of the population is currently unemployed because they uh, rely on tour trade. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, yeah, particularly at, at Christmas time. But I think one of the most exciting things going on in Bethlehem pre-COVID was the renovation of the Basilica or the Church of the Nativity, which is built over the spot uh, where Jesus is born. Now, Tina, and could
3: you explain? Because uh, we took a group from Mandalay actually when I was there t- to the Holy Land. Explain that church in terms of the different factions that are involved in that um, Church of the uh, Nativity.
5: Uh, the Church of the Nativity, it, it's not like the Church of the Holy Sepulchre. like mm-hmm. the church And you might be thinking of that one. The Church of the Holy Sepulchre got all carved up, and we have the Ethiopian Orthodox oh, yeah. on the very you're right, top. You're right. yeah. and, but you're right, it's very political, and that can happen. And fortunately, that's a that did not happen in Bethlehem.
8: Mm-hmm. So,
5: um, but I'll, I'll go back to the Church of the Holy Sepulcher. That is a place that where Jesus is buried, and there's a lot of controversy amongst uh, scripture scholars and archaeologists. Is this a real place? Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't think it's here. The Protestant think, think it's in this other place near a bus station in uh, Jerusalem. But I I have worked with this man, Dr. Shimon Gibson. He's the foremost. Um, you know, ancient Near Eastern archaeologists alive today, and he has written a book called The Final Days of Jesus, and he affirms, as do the Catholics, that the Church of the Holy Sepulcher is where Jesus is buried, and he's got no dog in this race. In other words, he is not a believer, he's just a scientist, and he says, nope, this is it, they got it right. Well, and, just... But unfortunately, yeah, it, it is carved up between like the Greek Orthodox, the Coptics, you know, the Franciscans have a part, mm-hmm. and they all maintain it. And it's it's like going into, you know, 10 different little countries when you're inside the Church of the Holy Sepulchre.
3: Right. You're right. Um, you're right. Yeah. You know, let's do this. We're going to take a little break. I, I want to share one brief story. When we took the group, To the Holy Land. This is not a religious story per se, but there was long lines, you know, to get into that little altar area where they say Jesus was buried. Long line, long line. We were in line a long time. So that's
5: political. That is political, because the Syrian church has that part. So
3: all of a sudden, this group came in, uh, and a few of the folks were cutting in line in the front. And yes. there was a nun in full habit. She kicked into nun. And, and she, she went up to them and, and, and directed them and, and took them to the back of the line. I thought, good yes, yes, good for her. We'll be back. WNDZ, 7.50 a.m., Catholic Chicago, 312-255-8408. Please stay tuned.
9: Adults make all the difference in the lives of adolescents. Catholic Charities understands this and our mentorship program provides a free opportunity for youth living in Lake County to spend time, virtually, with volunteers who genuinely care about them. This program is ideal for youths aged nine to 12 who may need support navigating the challenges of childhood and early adolescence. Our amazing volunteers serve as friends and role models who help youth recognize their strengths and empower them to reach their full potential. Catholic Charities conducts a thorough background check on every volunteer, and our program coordinator closely monitors and supports each relationship. Mentoring is a fun after-school program that is totally different from remote learning. Virtual group sessions help youth enjoy fun activities with their peers, too. We're connecting youth with great role models. Join us today. To learn more, call 312-937-3375. That's 312-937-3375.
7: Hello, I'm Cardinal Blaise Cupich. I got my COVID-19 vaccination and you should too. It took just a few seconds and was painless. The Food and Drug Administration determined the new vaccines are safe and effective and the Holy See, as well as the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops, has concluded getting the COVID-19 vaccine is an act of love of our neighbor and part of our moral responsibility for the common good. We have lived with a pandemic for many months, and I know we're all getting tired of it. Vaccination is one of the most important ways you can protect your health and the lives of those you love and help bring the pandemic under control. When it is your turn, I urge you to be vaccinated. And remember to do your part by wearing a mask, washing your hands and watching your distance. Thank you and God bless you all.
3: Catholic Chicago, WNDZ, 7.50 a.m. on your dial, 312-255-8408. Father Greg Sackowitz, Mark Tracy here. We're speaking about the Summer Scripture Series at the University of St. Mary of the lake Monoline Seminary. Let there be light, science and and the Word, an eternal relationship. Michelle, what haven't we spoken about that we should be updating our listeners on in terms of get them out to come to this seminar?
2: Right. We, of course, we'd love to have uh, as many people as we can, but we are because of COVID limited to a certain number. We're almost at that number in person, but oh, of wow. course, we will be offering it online as well. Um, you can register for the full conference online. Um, we'll, we'll, because of this spot that we're doing this morning, we're going to be offering a discount. Um, so if people can join us online, that would be Fabulous! <laughs> You'll get all the main speakers plus our um, optional speakers. Um, we do also have an optional speaker of Brother Guy coming in from uh, Rome. He's the um, uh, the the one who runs the um, uh, the. Oh gosh, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's <all> right. <laughs> something
3: in Rome, brother guy yes, runs something. Uh, well,
2: you look up at the, the conservatory in, in Rome. So he's going to talk oh. about heaven and the heavens, astronomy, oh, scripture, and the oh, Pope. Wow.
8: So um,
2: yeah, we off chance to took, took a chance and asked him if he would uh, present for us. And he said yes. So we have him uh, zooming in uh, uh, literally um, on Friday morning from 9:30 to 10:45. So, uh, yeah, Brother well, Guy, we'll Michelle, talk you this.
1: and Linda have done a fantastic job with your team yes. to present an all-star lineup this entire week, including Dr. Tina Ray. And mm-hmm. along those lines, well, first of all, um, maybe in closing, in the last minute or two, in, in listening to you, uh, Tina, with your background and love for archaeology. How has all that you've done enhanced and helped your faith?
5: You know, I get asked that question a lot. And um, you know, unfortunately, for a lot of my colleagues, once they begin, uh, they enter the academic world, usually it's their faith that moves them into that world. Mm-hmm. And once they delve into it, They lose their faith, and I'm happy to say the opposite happened to me. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I've always been a Catholic. I was, you know, born and raised a Catholic, cradle Catholic, as we call them. But when I began to actually put my hands in the dirt, and you know, like right now, over the last several years, I've watched the city of Magdala come from a flat surface excavation to a thriving, prosperous Roman city. Um, When I see things like this. And as I mentioned, the Cave of John the Baptist, and I go back and I look at scripture, it, you know, when I go to Mass and I, I listen, mm-hmm. uh, it's never the same again. It's, mm-hmm. it's a lot, it comes alive. And just very quickly, you were talking about, you know, people coming to this conference who feel like they might not be prepared, they don't know very much about the scriptures. Just know that most, I'm sure everyone that you guys are bringing to the conference, I looked over the list, we are all used to speaking to people who have vast knowledge or zero knowledge. Mm -hmm. And I I teach undergraduate courses, so I always begin very slowly. I've been teaching for 20 years. I can look at my audience and tell if I've moved too quickly, then I back up. And no question is a dumb question. You know, this is how we learn. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and I'm excited. I want people to get excited about archaeology in the Holy Land and go. Go on these tours that you've offered and uh, CTU, the first uh, tour I ever went on. Uh, was CTU. And this uh, week in uh,
1: Mundelein Seminary is an opportunity. And just in closing, Michelle, give us the web, one more site to learn more about this uh, seminar.
2: Okay, yes, it's usml.edu. Our phone number is 847-837-4550. That phone number one more time. 847 837 Four five five zero. I want to thank
1: in a very special way this last half hour, Michelle Schaefer and Dr. Tina Ray, for joining us here on uh, Catholic Chicago and WNDZ 750. Michelle and Tina, you have been wonderful guests. Michelle, the whole hour, <laughs> Tina, the last half hour. Love your enthusiasm. It, just, you're, it comes through in your voice, the love for what you do. And may God bless both of you. Thanks to co host. Mark thank Teresi. You. Oh. Great and, job. Great to be with you again, and, Mark.
3: And hopefully by next
1: year, you'll be in the studio visiting Yes, us. visiting us here in the studio. <laughs> and yeah. special thank Perfect. you to our producers, engineers, Javi Garcia, Brian Hockey, Hitman Brock, for your great work today, gentlemen. Thank you to our listeners. May God bless you and have a blessed, safe Memorial Day weekend. Take care.
5: Thank you.